0: How are you this morning, Peter? Uh, Not too bad, thank you. Um, Fairly calm. It only seems like 24 years ago when, after a very long night, my son was born. And astonishingly, it was 24 years ago. So happy birthday to Jack.
1: Happy birthday. Uh, Probably a longer night for my wife than for me, to be honest. Right. uh,
0: (laughs) I mean, the time flies by. It really does. It
1: does. Time just kind of accelerates, especially uh, when you've got kids. It's just crazy how time just starts flicking past yeah. at yeah. A, a crazy rate of knots um it's, it's scary well
0: good talk yeah thanks for, <laughs> if you want to <laughs> contact us at uh, good
1: episode i thought
0: <laughs> contact at measuring com. yeah good episode should That's we good.
1: just go straight to the after show yeah yeah absolutely then we can have a real real good bitch in a moan. i woke up this morning in quite a good mood yeah and uh, I made a fatal mistake. No, you didn't check your comments, did you? I switched the computer on. I thought, you know, I'll get everything ready because I knew I had the school run to do and I was going to be pushing it a bit for time. And so I thought, right, I'll get everything ready and up and running so I'm kind of ready to press record as soon as I walk back in. Uh-huh. So I switched everything on, got logged on. it's like, well, I'll just quickly have a look at the comments. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> rookie mistake. What a mistake. What what am I doing? You know, I've been doing this long <laughs> enough. I know not to check the comments first thing in the morning. Just one comment that just sprang into my face like being slapped in the face with a Wet fish. I've never been slapped in the face
0: with a wet fish. I have to confess, but I, I can imagine it's unpleasant. It
1: feels like reading this comment, which I shall read to you on the after show later on. Yeah, I do. But I'm, I'm getting, yeah,
0: I'm getting trolled on Instagram now as well. It's, it's, it's just. Oh, we'll have worse. to chat about that. That's
1: an interesting <laughs> yeah, one. Because, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a different one. I, I get weird things happening on Instagram, which I've always wondered if it's just me or other people. So, <laughs> uh, uh, no, I
0: don't think it's just you. But yeah.
1: oh, um so yeah, so this this comment, and um, normally when someone posts an abusive comment, which is full of factual inaccuracies, and if they've been kind of genuinely nasty in it, they just get instantly blocked. Yeah. You know, it's not worth my time to get angry about it. Life's too short, sure, and yeah, we'd be permanently angry, wouldn't we? <laughs> and the worst thing you can possibly do is engage with them, because it then gives them that platform... And they've won. But because I'd only just woken up and logged onto the computer and saw the comments, You, you weren't thinking clearly, My brain you? hadn't quite woken up. I replied to them. And what, what a stupid thing to do. So I, I sent a reply. Um, what I should have done is what I'm going to do now this second. So just while I'm on the show, let me just try and do this without cutting us off.
0: <laughs> You're going to block me, aren't you?
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to block you. <laughs> so I'm just going to go on. Uh To my comments uh let's see create a studio, and there he is. he's top of the list. I'm going to delete my reply because I shouldn't have replied yeah. and that person is now blocked, and everything is good with the world once again yeah
0: unfortunately the the hidden people as we call them uh can also uh give you dislikes on your videos which is yeah. slightly irritating
1: it's all engagement though mm-hmm. isn't it so
0: it is yeah yeah likes and di- yes i mean that's the the hilarious thing of course likes and dislikes uh, uh count as engagement and indeed one of the reasons i usually reply to most of my comments where i can is it looks like it's busier because even the replies go down as a comment so well
1: yeah. yeah exactly i mean sometimes i'll reply 10 or 15 times on my channel just to make it look busier than it really is <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Measuring Up podcast, the UK's first and, as far as we know, only commercial joinery podcast. I'm Andy McClellan, and I run a cabinet making and, and joinery business up in sunny Newcastle-upon-Tyne.
0: And I'm Peter Millard, as well as running a virtual 10-minute workshop for YouTube. I also run a small but far from perfectly formed carpentry and cabinet making business in the gardens spot of West London. Every couple of weeks we get together in our internet cafe to talk about the topics of the day, whatever takes our fancy, whatever's been suggested by you, our fantastic listeners. But before we get into any of that, Andy Mack,
1: welcome back. How have you been? Well, apart from the comment thing, and and everything's now fixed, obviously. Because people who are hidden don't exist. People who are hidden don't have a voice anymore, and when when they're nasty to people, they don't deserve to have a voice, so...
0: It is a strange thing. I know we we talk about the YouTube comments a lot, but it is an odd an odd thing, isn't it? It's just people just want, you know,
1: people just vent, I think. and uh, It is. And you know what it is? And uh, I, I sent you a screenshot of a comment that I got yesterday. Yeah. I framed it. And because they'd structured the comment in a way that wasn't nasty, then we've established it, you know, we've got chatting... And they've understood the error of their ways and uh, realized that I was right. Uh, and natural order is resumed, obviously. Ne- e- exactly. But no, in, in all seriousness, the, the type of comments where, uh, again, I've got one of, uh, one of my videos that I put out quite a while ago, which was uh, um, Joiner versus Ikea one ah suddenly I've started getting a lot of comments on that so I think that's suddenly doing some sort of thing I haven't checked the views on it or anything but uh YouTube's weird like that do you find sometimes out of nowhere you'll suddenly start getting lots of comments on one particular video yeah it's weird it's like that
0: one that one is just getting pushed forward in the in the algorithm yeah it's getting more views and even the, the views don't even if the views don't rise that much, you find that you get a lot of comments on it. And they're, and they're often quite old. So it is, it is. I don't understand it. I don't understand why.
1: And it, it seems to go in a kind of cyclic way as well, where it's never more than one video that seems to be doing it yeah, at that's any right. one time. It's it's almost like YouTube's going round, and it's like, well, we'll try that one for a bit. Nope, that didn't go viral. We'll try that one for a bit. Oh, that's doing quite well. We'll leave it. Mm. See what it does. Analyze the stats. Right, we'll we'll leave it for a bit. We'll try that one. And it seems to go in this kind of cyclic um, kind of one video at a time where mm. the algorithm is obviously just testing videos to Test see, testing how they do. see what, see what and happens. And you suddenly yeah. get this influx on uh, of comments on what can be sometimes really old videos. It's it's weird.
0: Yes, it's it's, it's strange. It's strange. I had, a, I had a topic in there about viral videos and and, and how one can completely change... Your your interaction with YouTube. I don't know if we want to get into that now or, or save that for later, but uh, it, it's fascinating.
1: I, I actually uh, I saw what you'd put in the show notes, and that was really interesting because I saw the same video exactly it because that's obviously been been and pushed. I watched it.
0: <laughs> Yeah, me too, me too. Uh, this is uh, should we get into it? This is the go on. This is the the secret trapdoor under the canal. Uh, this is a guy called Martin Zero, uh, and I have other stuff written down, but I haven't got sorry bear with me one sec so yeah sorry my notes um okay so so this is a guy martin zero he has a, 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 a had a channel on youtube for a couple of years and he, he's a bit of a, a manchester buff there are there you yeah, know there are guys there's a there's one that i follow here in london called the londonist and they're they're, they're interesting in a bit of urban exploring they go through bits of the city that you you wouldn't necessarily know about and this this guy is is all about manchester uh he's had a channel for a couple of years had about seven thousand subscribers and he talked about trapdoors in the rochdale canal a while back i did a little video about that anyway somebody at the manchester waterways had seen this and contacted him to say we're actually going to be draining that section of the canal did you want to come and take a look and do some video so we he Went down there like a school kid, really excited about this because, you yeah, it's fascinating. And there is indeed a trapdoor at the bottom of the Rochdale Canal where they can drain it, and it drains into a culvert that's about 16 feet below. So they pump most of the water out, and then they pull the trapdoor up. Trapdoors, uh, these are a couple of hundred years old, so it's quite an you know, a, a interesting little bit of history. Anyway, he, he popped this video up on, on YouTube, and he's had two and a half million views in... <laughs> In two weeks, his subscriber count has gone from 7,000 to I think it was 36 the last time I looked. Uh, uh, and, you know, boom, one video can completely change your channel. Uh, and, and of course, he's done a follow up video about it. He's, he's trying to keep up with the comments as well. Uh, and again, because he's become, you know, certainly much more popular than he was, he's getting a lot of people going through his old videos and commenting on those too. So he's, he's working flat out just trying to, trying to keep abreast of things. But yeah, two and a half million views in, in a couple of weeks is, is pretty special. And I came across that because it popped up in my feed. So obviously the algorithm's pushing that forwards.
1: Yeah, and same here. It, it popped up in my feed, obviously thought it's a video. that. And, and the scary thing is, is the algorithm does often get it very, very right Um, And I sometimes get slightly perturbed by, you know, videos that get suggested to me, you know, engineering stuff and geeky stuff and how stuff works. And, I mean, I know the essence of how the algorithm's doing it, but uh, I don't think anyone fully understands the the uh, in-depth side of things. But, you know, if you watch enough videos about a particular topic, it's going to suggest those topics to you because it knows that, Yes, that's what yes, you're interested exactly. in, but yeah, th- this one popped up, but and and that's the difference. That that's a two week period where a channel's gone from a hobby channel into a potentially a m- maybe not a full time job, but certainly into a job.
0: Well, I don't know what his earnings will be from the the AdSense on two and a half million views, but it's a heck of a lot more than mine. Fair a bit, a decent chunk of money on that. So yeah, yeah but, good for him.
1: I would imagine a fair bit. It, I, I hope he had it monetized. Yes, it was. All it is now anyway yeah.
0: I, didn't, I didn't notice well when, when yeah. it was the first there
1: but often with these things that if it's a smaller channel sometimes they'll not even have monetization switched on yeah and and if if they didn't they won't have got a penny from it yeah if if they've just suddenly switched it on you know after a, a week and a half in and it's already had the peak of views they'll they'll not get anything well I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to you know half a million
0: views <laughs> income to be honest yeah, but, uh, yeah.
1: it it is very interesting and it was an interesting video and and i i was a little bit disappointed that they didn't go down the trap door i would have loved to see how, where yeah,
0: it, it was only tiny, it was only about eight inches square by the looks of it, but you, you, you could have strung a camera down there. It, it would have
1: a, been interesting to see on a, on a bit of what, what kind of, how it connects up to the culvert underneath and, and stuff. But yeah, absolutely, maybe you'll save that for a follow-up.
0: Maybe, 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 yes, maybe he did and there'll be a follow-up on it. Yeah, What's
1: down right. the uh, trapdoor. But, uh, and, and the amazing thing is, is that the trapdoor is made of wood and it was just solid. Yep, wooden. Well, it's it's you know again we go to, me and my
0: wife go to Venice every year and we're going sort of before too long. Of course, Venice is entirely built on oak stilts hammered into the into the silt yeah. uh, in the lagoon in Venice and because there's no because there's no oxygen under there. Uh, they don't rot the way that you you would expect wood to rot. So they they do need attention over time, but. Because there's no air down there, there's no oxygen. Um, they they last much longer than you might. Uh, think oh, of it's suppose. incredible. Fascinating. In- incredible. And of course, with a wooden a wooden plug like that, when it gets wet, it would swell. Yeah,
1: so I think that's what they were saying. They is it would actually it, seal itself. It, it, it does up, yeah. actually provide a, a really good seal. I mean, they had to put. You could tell how much force they had to put into it just to open the thing up. Yes, um, But yeah, fascinating. So we'll include a, a link to that in the show notes, and you can get another.
0: Yes, great, uh, great video. Good, well done to well done to Martin. It's good, to, uh, a good vid, and and yeah, you know, good for him. Yeah, you know, we are all we are all just one viral video away from major success.
1: You can get another two and a half million views from everyone who clicks on it from the show notes.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So,
1: what have you been up to? Uh, I've been up
0: to uh, I'm I'm grinding my way th- slowly too slowly to be honest through uh I'm doing a set of bookcases and I cocked up my cut list on it so I've got a video about that (laughs) about how not to screw up a cut list um so I I just I just didn't think it through fully and I the the three little bookcases these are going somewhere fancy where I can't talk about and they're they're not difficult to do but there's lots of it, it's a reasonably complicated build because none of the faces quite match up. So there's lots of setbacks and insets. The, the, uh, there's a face frame on it all, so everything's set back slightly. Uh, and then the, there's a, a quite a deep recess behind the back to fit over a skirting board. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a reasonably complicated build. So I'm doing a fairly in-depth how to mark it up and how to not screw up the cutting of the dominoes and all that kind of thing uh so the uh, you know the the best approach uh to to getting that right and then you know because you're doing three you can mark one up fairly carefully with pencil marks or whatever else and then use those pencil marks as references for flag stops or stops on the rails or or even just other pencil marks on the rails to get your your dominoes in whatever you're using in to the right positions and all that sort of stuff uh, and then there's there's going to be another whole section on on it's got fluted face frames which are quite fiddly to do as well. So it's you know a reasonably complex build, but I'm also trying to get it finished by hopefully next week and painted, so I can go and get it installed and get paid because this this one's been dragging on for a while, and uh, I could do with making a few quid to be honest. Yeah.
1: And it's nice to get stuff cleared out your workshop as well and get oh, get your space yeah, back. Well, mm.
0: Yes, it's uh, the workshop is filling up with stuff at the moment. Um, <laughs> rather than emptying out which is what it needs to do i got uh, got my my cnc delivery i've had i uh, uh, i've got a, a cnc from the nice people at ooze nest and uh, it's it's still sat in its boxes i haven't haven't even opened them opened them yet i just you know, i haven't had time
1: look at my dust collection pipe yeah well exactly <laughs> six exactly. months it's been sitting in that box yeah. <laughs> still haven't had a second and in the meantime i'm i'm struggling
0: manfully through the uh, Frankly, really horrible videos, tutorial videos on Fusion as well.
1: Oh, right, right. Is if, Fusion if they
0: ever need some need some help with their videos? You know, the idea of audio levels is to make them the same. <laughs> <laughs> they vary <laughs> spectacularly from one to the oh, other.
1: Oh, wow! I, I, so, is Fusion what you would use to drive the CNC? Then is it? Uh... I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Uh, I
0: believe uh, Fusion's uh, what you can use to create the cutting path for them but i think you'd use something else to actually drive it uh it's it's still a bit vague i i don't know enough about it yet Mm -hmm. it's all part of the learning process i'll start by nailing the thing together and then by twisting the wires together and then fingers crossed i'll have (coughs) figured out the software by then so uh, yeah a journey
1: of discovery yeah you need something where you can just kind of show a picture of what you want and it just goes off and so yeah, that's that's fine Peter, I'll yeah. do that.
0: Well, th- hopefully this is going to this yeah, this is going to be as close to copy paste carpentry as we can get, you know, for for certain repetitive tasks, which is what I yeah. what I want it for. What sort of stuff then? Um I've got a few a few little ideas for small bits and pieces. Um I I'm doing a lot of flush doors with handle cutouts and that sort of thing. So I'm hoping to be able to f- feed a door into there, have a standard sort of handle cut out and be able to nibble that away or at least get the, the bulk of the waste cleared away. Um, uh, again, it's only going to use a fairly small router so it, you won't be able to swing a particularly big bit on it, I don't think. But I don't know. I, I've never had one. So it'll be it'll be something to play with, something to, to discover uh, how it all works. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to having a, you know, I'll need to clear a couple of days to get it built uh, uh, and also to uh to get to grips with how to work it uh, but yeah i'm looking forward to, to having a proper play with it and uh, of course there'll be a, a a video series on this i think starting out in cnc it has a nice ring to it so uh, exciting times uh, we'll get that fo- hopefully get that sorted out before we go to maker central of course which is uh, looming large on the horizon isn't it
1: yeah and we're right next to ooze nest as well aren't we so
0: we are on the same on the same block not quite not quite next door but uh in the same block of stands, stand G twenty five at Maker Central. Uh, will 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 be us. So come and uh, come and pay us a visit.
1: And very exciting! Our tape measures have arrived. And uh,
0: yes, that looks fantastic. Do you, do you want us to send you some down? Uh, uh, nah, you you hold on to it for now. We'll, we'll they'll only be available from the Maker Central
1: stand, won't they? So uh, limited edition, Maker Central only. Absolutely. And um, you you can come and see us on the 11th and 12th of may 12th yep in birmingham um what's it going to say on the cnc uh, does it come with a router it doesn't no it comes with a, a they'll give you or you can
0: buy one they'll they'll supply one uh if if you want to buy one but i'm going to try using my little katsu to start with uh, my little katsu trimming router
1: can can you use pretty much any router then or pretty
0: much yeah um they'll they'll supply uh collars to fit the dewalt R65, oh, I think it is, and the Makita trim routers, the the, the non plunging trim routers, mm-hmm. basically, um, uh, and the uh, the Katsu is the same, basically a complete clone of the Makita. So the the collar will fit it.
1: Yeah. Does it kind of hook up into the electrics of the router somehow? So does it? it yes. Does it turn the router on and off? And
0: uh, I think so. I don't know actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, as I say, th- these are all things we'll we'll need to learn
1: because presumably it could even. Vary the speed of it. uh, 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 You would think. I know. I've Uh, seen. I've seen external variable speed controls you can get for routers that don't have a variable speed control. I wouldn't like to guarantee they'll work on all routers, but um,
0: Uh, yeah. Again, a journey of discovery. I I don't really know much about them at all, uh, but I'll be learning pretty fast and pretty soon. So yeah, keep you posted.
1: But it is. It's a question of getting that couple of at least a couple of clear days. Where you can just kind of embed yourself into a project, yeah. I, I, and a bit, of, and a meter square of clear work. as well. And I, I've had like the odd clear afternoon, but it's never been enough time to warrant. You know, when I start on the dust extraction thing, I don't want to get halfway through it no. because if I get halfway through it, I'm going to have no dust extraction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. And and what I, I I need to get myself in a position where I've got a good couple of days at least, where I can just kind of. Because I know that I'm not going to have everything I need to make this work. So I'm going to be going backwards and forwards to... Running around uh, to Skrifics or wherever to... uh, Yeah, getting adapters. um, Perhaps even having to order various adapters for because obviously nothing's standard in the world of dust collection. No, of course not. And uh, it's just kind of... I don't want to do that right in the middle of a project. But every time a new project comes about, I'm like, oh, I wish I had the dust extra- extraction yeah, sorted out yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. because it's such a haphazard way that i've got things connected up at the minute it's a pain in the backside but uh yeah it, it's just getting those couple of clear days
0: well as ever you've got um, to make them haven't you if you wait until you find the time you'll never do it so you gotta you gotta make the time for it and uh, somehow somewhere
1: i need to just block it out in the calendar so that because otherwise i'll just i'll book work in and and i do just need to block it out i think that's the only sensible way of doing it do we have um follow-up i haven't had a chance to look at much of it
0: we've got a little bit yeah we've got a, a couple of comments um there, there was a couple i don't know if you want to talk about one of them or not um, but one of them came in from uh, martin parsons who's at untested woodworker on all the social things and he's asking if we have two separate business uh accounts for joinery and youtube income uh, he goes on to say, uh, "I'm assuming about two businesses here, not the two or three dozen <laughs> that Andy probably has at this point." Um, but he's uh, starting to do. Uh, he, he's keen on. I think he said he's a web designer, and uh, he wants to get into the joinery um, side of things, uh, but also is interested in doing bits and pieces for YouTube. So, do you? Do we split that out separately? Um, uh, I, I don't personally. Uh, I split out. Uh, business and personal finances, but all my business stuff is just treated as a, as a uh, personal sole trader income.
1: Yeah. I've had monetized channels for, for quite a long time. So I've had stuff trickling in from YouTube, not very much, but I've I've had stuff trickling in from YouTube Mm, uh, for the last four years or something. So, um, or certainly three or four years, I, I think. Um, so I've, had to sort something out for that. And plus because mine aren't all joinery related, there's no way I could put them as being part of the joinery business. Mm. Since yours are all joinery related, the this I I doubt HMRC would particularly care that some of your income is coming from YouTube no. and some of it because it is so overlapping anyway, you know. You're you you're buying tools yes, that you use exactly. for your business and you use them for YouTube. So it it's like it's it's a tricky one for me. I have two separate businesses. my joinery business is a limited company and my youtube is is self employment um and there are they are two distinct separate legal entities um yeah so and at some point and and my youtube side covers all creative work that I do, not just right. the gossip handyman channel but anything that comes in um and uh, it's just basically a, a catching pot for anything creative that I do, whether it's drumming side or anything that's not doing woodwork for customers. Yeah. Um, so it's YouTube income, Patreon income, um, selling stuff through the Godfrey of Handyman website, you know, and anything like that comes under my creative business. Um, and at some point I'd quite like to do that as a limited company. Mm-hmm but the the costs of running it as a limited company wouldn't <laughs> would barely cover what it makes wouldn't warrant it yeah so it, it's a tricky one i don't particularly want to have to file two sets of limited company accounts every year so i, I haven't quite decided what to do there um at, at the minute i'm just keeping it as limited for the the joinery business mm. and and Self-employed yeah. for the, the YouTube uh, stuff.
0: Well, I, I wasn't monetizing at all for the first year that I was on YouTube. So I, effectively, I've, I've only been monetizing for a year. Uh, and in fact, my year, financial year doesn't end until the end of this month. So uh, I'm not sure how we're, how we're going to account for everything in terms of tax. But I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm lumping it all together under the, under the general, uh, the general sole trader. One man band account, and yeah, what what difference does it make, really? I mean, accountants love their columns and their to separate things out under under different headings, but really, it it all comes out of the same pot as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, I don't really think it makes that much difference.
1: It it depends, it's an accountant question. And I mean, speaking off the top of my head, you could potentially bring a lot of your creative gear into the business if you haven't done already, for example. Uh, and this is just an example. And, and then they could be uh, depreciated over time as a an ongoing business loss and reduce your yeah. tax liability potentially. But uh, 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 that's very much speaking as a layman yeah. and, and not as an accountant. Whether or not you could do that in the way you've got things at the minute, bringing camera gear into the business and stuff, um, you could probably bring a certain amount in and say that you use it for yeah. – uh, taking to clients' sites and, and all of that, I think you could certainly justify a, oh, a certain level. You know, the,
0: the videos we do are, are tutorial videos, so oh, that absolutely. is absolutely in in line with with what I'm doing. You know, I'm either making stuff for people or I'm showing people how to make stuff. It,
1: it, it's all it's all the same thing as far as I'm At concerned. The point that you put fifty grams worth of red cameras. In, into the business or something, mm. they might yeah. they might yeah. question that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going for the Black, uh, the Black Magic 4K has, has got my uh, attention, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yes that'll, that'll be the day. At the point that we start paying for our own film crews. And Yes. I've read, a, I've, I was watching on a couple of uh, um, shows on YouTube where they were like, you know, as soon as possible, you need to get staff to do your editing for you and you need to get people to do your thumbnails for you and all this sort of thing that's like... <laughs> How much do you think I'm making from this channel? Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean,
0: it's—I don't know. There was one thing on the YouTube Creator Academy or something. I don't know if it, if it keeps popping up in, in my on my YouTube Studio page. Uh, and it was, you know, anxiety of of watching your view count. They were interviewing some YouTube star. Never heard of her. Uh, she gets an average of a million views per video and she gets really anxious if one doesn't get 750,000. You think, it's just how many people are actually going to relate to that? Yeah, How many people are going to say, oh yeah, we we feel your pain, you know, the struggle is real.
1: (laughs) Well, I heard an interesting statistic the other day that it's something like um, only 3% of YouTube channels make up like the vast majority of YouTube's advertising income.
0: Yeah, I can believe that.
1: So it's some crazy, crazily small amount of channels who are just crazily huge, you know, and then everyone else, 97% of people on YouTube just aren't making any money. You know, they're not making enough to certainly to live on. Um, And, but that makes up the vast majority of the videos on YouTube. But the the all of the income is coming from this top three percent tier of your you know your your ten. And I'm not even talking about your one two million subscriber no, channels. I'm talking about 10, your ten plus your, your PewDiePies and where they've got. I don't know what what's PewDiePie up to now. Eighty million. No, I can't remember. Many, many, many more than us. Yeah. Because the algorithm pushes the bigger channels and the bigger the channel gets the more the algorithm pushes that channel and it's kind of this um
0: nothing succeeds like success hey
1: eh? yeah and it's got sadly very little to do with the content of the video and it's just down to the 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 youtube algorithm and what it decides it's going to push and sometimes they're very very good videos sometimes they cats and cucumbers we've, we've talked about we this have. before many times <laughs> so yeah interesting comment from mike there I, I thought that was uh yeah yeah good stuff a, a good one to cover off and uh, one of the other things that um is whether or not you should have a, a separate business bank account for it and mm. it's something that i'm going to be chatting about over on my small business channel at some point because it comes up all the time. How, how can people find that, Andy? <laughs> I'll include a, a small business toolbox. <laughs> I'll I'll include a link in the show notes. Is that smallbusinesstoolbox.com by any chance? It's dot .uk. <clears throat> UK, dot UK, okay. And um, the, the, the bank account side of things is an interesting one, because if you're only being... You're always told you should have a dedicated business bank account, otherwise mm. it's potentially breaching the terms and conditions of your personal bank account. But if you're being paid... Mm. Just by YouTube and Patreon and PayPal and Stripe and Payoneer. Essentially, you're being paid by other bank accounts. Mm. Um, because you could certainly view PayPal and Payoneer and all that sort of thing as, as bank accounts. Yeah. How is that any different from just receiving a wage from a company? Funds
0: from some. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's an interesting idea, I I hadn't thought of that. And i I've never known a bank, I'm, I'm sure people have ha- had it happen to them where the bank has said, no, you've got to get a business bank account. But in 20 years, I've, I've always used my personal account and it's never caused a problem. All right. Um, not for the joinery business because that's a legal separate entity and that has to have its own bank account. Yeah. But for YouTube income and stuff like that, I've just used my personal account. Yes, But yeah. I would love to know people's thoughts on that side of things. Maybe once the channel starts getting huge, fair enough. But it, it's almost like you're getting a wage from YouTube. How is it any different from getting a wage from any other company that you work for? Even though I don't work for YouTube, but yes. you know what I mean.
0: Well, it's like getting freelance income from from somebody, isn't it? It's it's you know what. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you don't need to. You shouldn't need to have a business bank account to receive that. If it's if it's Personal, yeah, I yeah, I, I see what you're, see, see yeah, what you're saying.
1: That, that's exactly the term I was trying to, to think of, freelance. If if you're freelance, then, but again, I don't know. I, I bet there's plenty of freelancers who make enough money that it does justify having a separate bank account and possibly even a separate limited company. But, yeah, um, yeah it's an interesting one. And I think we're in this world now where everything is so new. You know, YouTube's only been monetized for the last... Well, six in years? the UK, uh, uh, yeah, probably six or seven years as a platform. Yeah, and, I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure off the top of my head. But it's certainly from a UK perspective, five five or six years maybe. Mm. Um, so it's all so new. And, and I think the government and various tax authorities around the world, they just don't know how to handle it. Um, Have we still got a government? I'm not sure at the minute. I'm not. No one. Uh, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. But I'm sure that'll change by the time this show goes out. <laughs> I'm
0: Sure it will. I'm sure it will.
1: The world of politics in the UK is very exciting at the minute. It's
0: about as interesting as, uh, as it's ever been. And I just, I uh, just want to wash my hands of it all. I've got to say, it's
1: very tiring to watch now. Ah, it, it's painful. Getting very. It's exhausting. But at the same time, you've got to kind of vaguely keep up to speed with it because it, it does directly affect everything, but it, it's, yeah, exhausting mm. to watch. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway. Uh, talking of other things that are exhausting to, to talk about, let's uh, just one more follow-on about the MDF discussions. We had a, uh, uh, a uh, an email in from Kevin. Uh, he said, following on from the MDF discussions, he's just been to, I don't know if I should mention them, uh, to be out up in Newcastle to buy two sheets of 18mm MDF They offer a cutting service which, is used for plywood, which he's used for plywood many times When he asked the lad to cut the MDF for me He said I can't do that, it's the dust it Causes cancer and stuff, the boss says we can't Oh no uh, He's decided not to argue about it Or we'll suggest that he buys a dust mask And he suggests that he should have watched our videos. Um, Goodness me, this is a timber yard. He should know better, for goodness sakes.
1: I know that timber yard well. I haven't been for a while, um, but I know it. I don't think they stock, again, they don't stock medite, so it's uh, a non starter. Uh,
0: But when you get that sort of level of misinformation coming from people who use the stuff day in, day out, yeah, I just and despair. I really do.
1: There's not a lot that can be said about it. It's just no, um, no. It's you know. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's obviously told him that, and I'm assuming it's not. You know, it, it must be a boss who's put that message across, uh, and it's unfortunately just just wrong information. Yeah. But uh,
0: as opposed to plywood, of course, which is which is made of you know unicorn tears and uh, honeybees and flowers. Um,
1: yeah. Um, Please tell your staff that plywood contains exactly the same chemicals as MDF to bind everything together. Uh, so, identical if, binders. Uh, yeah. And what's slightly worrying is if you're cutting plywood without a dust mask, thinking that everything's dandy, then you're probably doing yourself a lot more damage than just putting a mask yeah. on and cutting
0: anything. Should we, should we, should we say it all together? All wood dust is hazardous. Yes. Take the appropriate steps to protect yourself. If you get trouble with your lungs, you can't make them any better. Uh, you can only make the best of what you have. You can't get back what you've lost. So, ugh. yeah.
1: Oh, that's that's uh, that's sad, especially for a local supplier as well. As I say, I know them well. They're, they're good for hardwoods yeah. and stuff like that. They, they tend to get quite a lot of nicer wood in stock if you... Wanting kind of crazy quantities of oak and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, as I, I don't think I've ever yeah. bought MDF from there to be honest. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, talking of getting back what you've lost, how's your uh, <laughs> how your your video rendering issues going? Oh. Uh, we had a we had a question in from from Goran. Uh, we mentioned Goran I think in the in the uh, first episode. Uh, I've actually responded to Goran directly because it was specifically about iMovie versus Final Cut Pro, which is a bit too uh, inside YouTube for this particular podcast. Uh, so I've answered that, uh, directly myself, but it raised an interesting question about, um, oh, I don't know, uh, getting too far into one particular platform where you're locked into it. We talked about this a little bit about accounting software and invoicing and that sort of thing. Uh, and you're having a few problems with your video editing software at the minute, aren't you? And you, you've got a yeah. Uh, I mean, this is... uh, you're coming to the to, to the conclusion that you may have to move to something else, which uh, is, is problematic in all kinds of ways. Not just muscle memory and efficiency from your end, but there's the cost. Of yeah, everything else. and of course, the, a- access to your old it, projects. It as well.
1: would be uh, yeah, and access to the old projects is one of the biggest problems. So I could never completely come away from it because there's always a possibility that I might want to re-edit an old project. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of reasons why I might want to do that. I mean, the problems that I'm having with uh, Vegas and uh, it's Vegas, it used to be Sony Vegas and then it was Magix. and, Mm. And it's one of these companies that's been kind of through the mill of acquisitions and things. And I don't think that's really things like SketchUp, yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, and it's frustrating because it's an older... Well, it's not an old. it's only one version down from the current version. Right. But once they move on to a new version, all their effort is on to the new version. Of course. And eventually they just stop releasing patches for the older version, um, even though the older version might still have problems. And i 'm certainly not paying for yet another upgrade mm. when the last upgrade that I paid for didn 't work yeah um, and it 's only since I moved to that version a year or so ago that I started having problems before that Vegas was absolutely fine, and I only moved to that version because the older version of Vegas that I had didn 't like GoPro footage no oh. um it just didn 't handle GoPro footage well at all you'd you'd It would work with anything. As soon as you put footage in from the GoPro, it just ground to a halt. It was, it it just didn't like something about the the codecs being used from from the GoPro. Mm. Upgraded to the new version, that resolved all of the GoPro problems, <laughs> apart from its audio. Yeah. <laughs> la- oh yeah, you can't fix GoPro audio, lordy. And um, the last year has just been a year of crashes constantly. You know, two or three, well, often a lot more than that. Mm. You know, m- maybe. Five, six, seven crashes per editing session. Yes,
0: I'd have been out of there instantly, I've got to say. I, 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 that would just drive me nuts.
1: Yeah. And the, the trouble is, is that you get into this loop of support calls being raised and then you're waiting for them to get back to you and then you get back to them with information and then suddenly six months have passed Jeez. and in that time you've you've made another 100 videos on the platform. You yeah, know? well, so, this, is,
0: this is the thing that I was talking about as well. Obviously, if you're a busy YouTuber doing yeah, at least a video a week, maybe more, there's no time to mess about learning something new, really, because you've got so many other things going on. Uh, so, so the, the platform lock-in is, is real, you know, it's, it's, oh, big you, you style. it's not just muscle memory. It's just that, you know, the, there's the constant and continuous pressure, uh, which is of our own making, you know, let's, let's be clear uh, to, to continue to produce these videos and, and you've got to have the tools to do that. Yeah. And moving to a diff- something different is is hugely problematic, hugely traumatic in a lot of ways.
1: Oh, it's it's uh, crazy. And I mean, I, I would probably shift over to something like DaVinci Resolve, which is essentially free f- until you reach a certain size. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, similar to your Fusion licensing type thing, where they're, they're trying to draw you in and help you turn into a bigger business, which they can then charge you for the extra features okay. and, and all that sort of thing. Um DaVinci Resolve looks amazing. I've installed it. I've had a play with it. And after three hours, I didn't even manage to put the most basic of videos together. You know, it, yeah. it was just so much stuff is so radically different from the way Vegas works. Mm. With, with Vegas, when when Vegas is working, it's so fast. And that's why people love Vegas, because it's a very, very fast platform to use. It'll run on like any machine Um, I've had it running on like really old laptops, and it still runs blisteringly Mm. fast. But the trade-off is that it crashes, and (laughs) most people who use Vegas just say, "Oh yeah, well I save all the time." (laughs) Yeah, well, that's yeah. Um, So I mean, my problems with it have been random crashing, and then last week I went through this bizarre fate. And this sometimes these bugs, it'll go for months without a problem, and then suddenly it'll start having a problem, and then the problem will go away again. And that's another reason why I've stuck with it, because sometimes you just think, oh, well, it's fine again. I'll stick with it. And, and then yeah. after a couple of... So last week I started getting this problem where I would render a video and then randomly, halfway through the, rend- halfway through the finished video, there would just be a few frames of black, of, of nothing. Um, the audio and everything would still be there, but the video would just disappear. So I don't want channel videos on my channel with random black frames of nothing in it because that no, video is going to it's be out just
0: there. Com- completely unacceptable, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and plus you can guarantee that'll be the one video that goes viral, of course. Uh, so, so I, 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 I imagine the comments after that one—great video,
0: exactly.
1: mate. Look at those black oh, and... the its like putting up with that. So when that happens. The only thing you can do, apart from the fact that you have to proof watch the video, looking for these individual fra- black frames that appear, and then once you've found it, it's like, right, delete, re-render it, set it, set it going mm-hmm. again, you know, uh, and then you have to proof watch it. And sometimes I was having to proof watch these videos four or five times, and yeah, this yeah. is for maybe a 20-minute 20, uh, 20 video. Yeah. So once you've taken into account the render time and the proof watching time for a 20-minute video – it could be that you're spending five hours watching just yourself. rendering and watching yourself. <laughs> and by the end of it, you're just like, I cannot watch this video anymore, yeah. but you're still looking out for these. And now, this week, hasn't happened at all. At all. I've done five, five videos uh, that I've put together this week, and I haven't had a single crash, and I haven't had a single black screen during Maddening, the rendering. isn't it? It's, it's just, just suddenly ah. the, the the bug has disappeared. So I'm back to, well, it's working. I, I think I'm just going to kind of gradually try and learn resolve in the background uh-huh. because it's going to take a long time. I'm going to gradually start, but I can't just instantly switch yeah. over. It would take me two weeks to put one video yeah. together. Yeah.
0: When you when you first started talking about this and you'd be chatting about this on, on uh, Twitter and Instagram – Uh, I I had a quick look at at Resolve. I had had a quick look at Vegas and thought, whoa, that looks like it came out in 1992, (laughs) the the, the screen grabs that I've seen. And it, it is Vegas that's the slightly different or special one. I think the vast majority of video editing platforms have a similar look and feel. I trialed... Uh, adobe uh, premiere and i swear i spent the whole of a 14 day trial trying to do the simplest of edits and got, literally got nowhere i couldn't even produce a, a 10 minute video on it i just just could not do it i just didn't understand everything was
1: different about it oh, and is that your doorbell what? or my doorbell uh it's not mine oh two seconds uh, okay i've got a delivery coming so just give us 30 yep, seconds right. sorry i'll leave everything running i'll talk amongst myself
0: Oh. can you <laughs> see me oh what you got oh more stuff
1: more tape measures <laughs> more
0: tape measures fantastic
1: oh. right I'm back I ordered um, the measuring up ones and I ordered a new batch for myself for Maker Central as well and I sent them as two separate orders for some reason so the measuring up ones came yesterday and then mine came today oh hey yeah, what a <laughs> take a minute. <laughs> That's right. Sorry about that. Go on, you were saying.
0: So, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the I've got to say uh, I'm, I'm on the Mac side of things, and all Macs come with iMovie, which is a consumer-level, uh, was originally a consumer-level program, but it's actually when Final Cut, which is the pro version of editing uh, of Apple's editing software, came out, the iMovie got the upgrade. Final Cut used to have a light version, uh, An iMovie, iMovie effectively became F- Final Cut Light. Then uh, it is restricting, uh, but in what two years of fairly extended use, I haven't had. I, I might have had a couple of lockups, but I haven't lost a single edit. Uh, I'm just about to do my 300th video next week. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't lost a single edit. I, I, you know, the idea of of losing stuff would just drive me nuts.
1: I, and it's so I just couldn't. It's it. so hard when you're doing creative stuff as well, because when you're editing a video, you make tiny little tweaks and little creative changes of where scenes cut into each other. And, yeah. you know, are you going to crossfade them or you're just going to have a straight hard cut between scenes and how are you are going to do the audio? And you're making all these tiny little changes. And if it crashes, even if you've only lost 10 minutes of work, Sometimes it's really hard to remember the changes that you've you made. Recreate to all recreate all those little yeah. Tweaks, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a really frustrating thing to happen, you know, a little colour mm. correction changes that you might might make, and then yeah. you come to do it again after a crash, and you try and redo the thing that you did over the last 10 minutes, and there'll always be something that you, you just forget to do because you think you've already done it. Yeah. But actually, that was one of the things that's been lost in that, that crash, but um it's it's a but the the other thing with Vegas is that it's a very because it came from a Sony background. Mm. It's a very uh, comprehensive audio editor. You know, you can yes, because you
0: you edit the audio for this in Vegas, don't you?
1: Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I looked into trying to do on Resolve was like all I want to do is apply some default EQ and compression and noise gates and various kind of audio processing Mm -hmm. across the tracks. And I know you can do that in Resolve, and I had to play around with it, but the EQ wouldn't work properly at all. I couldn't find sensible ways of setting up templates. You know, for example, I can just set up an audio track, apply a template, and then if I'm using a particular mic, for example, I have a template for podcasting. Yeah. And I I just apply that, and that's it done. I don't have to think about it. I I set it up once. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't find any way of doing that in Resolve that was as easy as the way that it's done in Vegas. You know, Mm. I can do it in probably less than 10 seconds in Vegas. And I'm sure there'll be people who say, yeah, yeah, you can can do it this way, blah, blah, blah. But until you understand all these little nuances Mm. of... And and it
0: yeah absolutely and until you've found all that stuff out that that's what's taking the yeah. time it's not the, the you know, getting the footage in and making basic edits it's it's all those little tweaks and, and things that have become muscle memory second nature to you um it's it's yeah it's you know it's challenging just as well we're making so much money out of youtube it is. yeah <laughs> so the it's one of those this. things that <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: because I, and please don't a lot of people have been getting in touch, saying, oh, have you tried this? And have you tried, like, saying lots of different platforms. The only platform I will attempt to look at is DaVinci Resolve. So and I know that there are other platforms out there that will be very, very good. But about the only thing that I think would, like, I don't want to go down the Adobe route because I hate their licensing model. Yep. I don't want to be into a cloud licensing model where i can't just make a one-off purchase um I, I hate the idea of having to pay a constant monthly fee yeah uh, yeah for a yeah. piece of software i just think that's rubbish.
0: oh but there are no upgrades all the upgrades are free and it's all wonderful and we, we, we all live in the cloud and no uh, i hate it uh, yeah, and you can argue that you know the, the the licensing the way software is licensed means that you never actually own it but I, I object strenuously. Uh, yeah, it's good business for Adobe, but I object strenuously to, to
1: paying monthly like that. I completely object to it, because it means that if you do decide to change the platform, then you're completely stuffed if you ever want to open those projects again, unless you resubscribe to their service. So it, it, it even if you decided, okay, I'm going to use Adobe, and then you realise in six months' time that it just doesn't work out, but now you've got a whole bunch of stuff that's edited in in Premiere. The only way you're going to ever be able to edit those again is if you keep that subscription going for a piece of software yeah. that you don't even use anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, that that's kind of my main objection to that licensing model is yeah. um, you can't change a platform. Yeah.
0: Plus, plus the cost, you know, it's not it's not cheap. I think I think if you wanted to get Premiere Premiere uh, alone. Uh, I think it's twenty odd quid a month. Yeah. So a year of that is two hundred and forty quid. Uh, whereas you know, Final Cut Pro is not cheap. It's about three hundred quid, but it's a one-off, one-time purchase, and upgrades available as they become become available. Basically, And iMovie, of course, has the has the most expensive dongle in the world in in the form of a have a, a Mac attached. But uh, <laughs> uh, it it is very very good. You know, what can I say? There doesn't seem to be anything quite like that in the on the PC side of things
1: that comes from the PC maker that's, that's as good. Shame. It's quite interesting where a lot of the software is going now in terms of browser-based equivalents. Have you heard of um, photop.com Yep. And it is basically Photoshop in a web browser, and it's completely free. Yeah. And for the vast majority of users, why would you ever pay... For uh, again, because you now have to go down this subscription route for Photoshop, um, just you know, photopea.com and you can run Photoshop or, or what essentially looks like Photoshop yeah. in a web browser. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, but I think a lot of people were were uh,
0: certainly in the photographic and, and video side were a bit disgruntled about the when when Adobe switched to a this licensing model. Um, uh, you know, no matter how much Photoshop looks like a fantastic deal, if you're really into your photography, at only ten quid a month. Uh, yeah, if you need, if you want Photoshop and Premiere, then that's thirty quid a month, thirty odd. And you think, well, you know, <laughs> if you're not, if you're not making any money out of this, how much do you really want to spend on on this stuff? Um, yeah, there were certainly a lot of Photoshop image editing type. Uh, applications came out uh, when Adobe started switching to this this monthly licensing model for Photoshop. So uh, uh, I use one of them. I use Pixelmator, which is very good. Yeah, um, but again, I've still got you know I was in I, I lived in Photoshop for for most of my photographic career. There's an awful lot of muscle memory still in there. I could sit in front of Photoshop now and know exactly what to do. There are things in Photoshop that I that you can't do or can't do easily in, in these other things. Things like you can apply a filter and then fade it. So you've got, you know, you apply a colour correction, you think that's a, a little bit harsh, we can just sort of knock that back a touch and you can do that in Photoshop. We haven't, haven't found other ways of doing it in the, that in these these other things. So, yeah, uh,
1: it's, it's just not fair, is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's getting the time... To, there's, there's just amazing, amazing packages out there for all sorts of things, and it's getting the time to invest in in learning them is is one of the biggest challenges I, I think.
0: We will we'll persevere and we'll do what we can. Uh, well, yeah. Anyway, I hope you uh, resolve not resolve. I hope um, Vegas uh, continues to behave nicely for you and I me mean, because uh, well, it's behaving at the minute. It's it's like you know, it's like having a saw that doesn't cut straight or or only decides to work every now and then. Kind of, you know, gets in the way of your, your workflow, doesn't it? And uh, it's not the yeah. sort of thing you'd want.
1: And then, but then it's it, it's like having a saw that doesn't work properly. But then the manufacturer says it's not the saw to blame; it's your workshop. Mm. And then you start digging into. Oh well, it's not Vegas to blame. I need to, and you start going down all these other routes of. Oh, is it some problem with my graphics drivers? Is do I need to install QuickTime codecs? And you know, you start going down this awful awful kind of path and then suddenly the bug randomly disappears yeah um but at the moment uh yeah it 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 would have to happen a lot more than it's happening it's it's happening to the point of annoyance but vegas is still incredibly quick for putting videos together in the scheme of things which means that i can put relatively complex videos together relatively quickly um it renders really quickly when it's not putting random black screens into videos yeah um and when it's behaving itself it it's uh, as i say it's a really es- established and quite powerful audio editing uh, piece of software for yeah. multi-track audio um and it, it's yeah it, it's anyway inside baseball
0: oh uh, yeah sorry a, a, a bit a bit too inside baseball that's a sports metaphor just uh, just while we're chatting what sort of render times do you get uh out of vegas for for a hd 1080p let's say a 20 20 minute video it's
1: about real time it's about real time, about cool. real time yeah so a, a 16 minute video will i think that one i put up the other day i can't remember actually it, well, it was a 16-minute render, and I think it was about... My video was always about 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. or thereabouts. So. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that,
0: that struck me coming from iMovie to, to Final Cut was the, the render times are much better. Uh, in iMovie, it produces a big file. A 10-minute video was about 1.6 gig at uh, best quality, uh, and it was taking about uh, one and a half times, twice, twice real time to, to render that out. Well, switching to to final cut it produces a much leaner file and render times a so 10 minute video renders in about 6 minutes it's it's blisteringly fast
1: and again you know Macs are very very good at this sort of stuff as well because the the hardware and the software are so integrated
0: yeah it it's all integrated very well and, and final cut is, you know runs close to the metal as the the old timey uh, software guys would would say uh, and it is very very tightly integrated. i think that there's a Again, this is really sorry. We're drifting off here. <laughs> Shockingly, uh, mm-hmm. but there's, there's an M- MKBHD, Marcus brownley video where he's with another YouTuber girl called Sarah uh, uh Sarah was discovered by Casey Neistat, uh, a very popular YouTuber for those who don't know, and she went from four thousand subscribers to forty thousand overnight when uh, when he, he picked picked up one of her videos. Anyway, they were they were talking about Premiere, as they call it, versus Final Cut, and. Marcus Brownlee rendered rendered a 4K video twice in the time <laughs> that it took her on a f- you know f- all singing dancing PC to do it in Premiere. Interesting. So yeah, it's 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 very quick. It's very quick. <sighs> anyway, that's enough of that. Should we start? Yes. What? Um, uh, where? Oh,
1: we're <laughs> an hour and ten in.
0: Yeah, uh, I, had, I had an interesting thing uh, happen in the week. Uh, it, it's down as problem solving. Uh, uh, sorry, as down as managing customer client expectations. And I went to see somebody. Somebody called me, uh, asking me about alcove wardrobes. And I was a little bit, little bit late going round there. They were leaving, so the kids were running around. Uh, they were off to the coast for the weekend. Mum, 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 do I need a swimming costume? It's flipping January. Of course you don't. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the, all this chaos going on. She's talking about you know, double wardrobes, doors, drawers, doors underneath, doors inside. da I did I? a week or so later they start chasing me for the because i haven't done it because i'm busy and i've knocked the quick simple set of drawings out and an estimate and the estimates are all kind of template driven now and i know what a double wardrobe is going to cost i know what drawers are going to cost top box all that i can i can put the quote together fairly quickly so i give them a quote and and then you get an email about, thank you for that, but it wasn't really what we discussed. And fair play, I, I had missed a set of shelves off the inside of one of the wardrobes because that was mentioned, but I didn't make a note of that. But she said, oh, I didn't didn't want drawers in the wardrobe. We discussed it, but I said, no, actually, I, you know, I did I did ask you specifically about that because drawers are one of those things that add a, add a big chunk of money to a, to a wardrobe, especially if they're... Uh, on the outside, you know, if they're facing us, so you've got to have drawer fronts and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, and if you have them inside, then there's other complications because the drawers have to be narrower to clear the drawer uh, doors and all that sort of stuff. But the 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 killer was I, I have guide prices on my website. I have prices because it's the yeah you know, it's the one thing that everybody wants to ask. And they, it says very clearly starting from, and it says very clearly the cost can easily go up to you know more than double this, and everything else. In other words, anything nice like. Uh, soft clothes runners and soft clothes drawers and panel doors and top boxes and drawers will all push the price up. And she'd seen the bottom line price and expected to get two wardrobes fully fitted for that. So we were, we would, you know, more than double the sort of price that, that she was looking at. And yeah, you know, what, what, what can I say? I can't do anything about the fact that she's, she's not reading the website properly. Yeah. Uh, I've amended the wording slightly to, to hopefully make it a little bit clearer. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want to give a top level price because then people will think they can get absolutely everything for for a, a maximum price. Because you know, yeah. everything everything varies size, width, finish, everything. Anyway, I've, I've just left it with us. So look, you know, apologise apologies for the uh, mistake on the drawers. Uh, uh, if you wanted to take the drawers out, put put shelves in the other side. It's going to come to about the same kind of money the quote's valid for three months it's a bit of a moot point if it's if it's well beyond your budget but you know let me know if you want to progress it further and needless to say i haven't heard a a peep out of her since then but the other thing i had which actually surprised me a little bit was working with the interior designers i haven't done much for them for a little while but i've got the the basic sort of chunky modern tables that i make for them um I've featured them in a few videos, you know, the type of thing, and they go off to be sprayed in a high glass, and they look very nice. And I've got those down pretty much. You know, I can bang one of those out in a day without too much trouble. So it's a, it's a pretty much a day's money plus materials and maybe a little bit extra, because obviously I've got to account for the for the length of time it took me to learn how to do them in a day. Yeah, uh, but they've asked me to quote on something else, and I, I, it, it reminded you, me a little bit of your IKEA video where you you buy a set of ikea shelves rather than making them because the section of that was was it 40 mil uh Uh, they were 40 mil thick six mil i think yeah 36 yeah okay well these these this is a it's like a if you imagine a sort of tea trolley type of thing that people wheel in at hotels it's a little bit like that but with three tiers so three shelves and just ball feet on them 35 mil section square 35 mil thick shelves so I look at that and think, well, yeah, you know, I made a, a little cube table that had a, I think, forty mil section. That was that was complicated to build and to get a really smooth finish because it's going to be sprayed in a high glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quoted that, at, you know, the previous one. I think it was three hundred and fifty quid, uh, and I didn't make a penny on it because it took so long to to figure out how to put it all together. Uh, I quoted a day and a half to make this one, which of course pushes it above the cost of the bigger chunkier looking table and i get an email back oh oh uh we're just trying to understand why Why is this one more expensive than the bigger table <laughs> when it's so much smaller because it's a one-off <laughs> <laughs> well it's a one-off and uh, you know part, there are three three shelves in it so there's 12 joints rather than four in the bigger table yeah it's it's 35 mils square so how on earth do you get thirty-five mil square with clean faces for for spraying in a high glass? Where well, you got to have it, make it up out of twelve mil or six mil capping on the end piece. Yeah, whatever it is, you know th- they can live with thirty-six
1: mil. Yeah, and then the ca- the cap you're going to have a join on your capping, and what do you do about that? You're going to miter all of your capping? No, and- I'm
0: not going to miter all of my capping. I'm going to butt joint it together <laughs> and finish it the same way I, way I usually do ready for spraying but it's fiddly it's finicky i you know i've quoted it as down half i know i'd spend more like three days on the first one and if there are more to come there will you know i'll have figured out how to do it by then but i just don't know and and i would have hoped that uh, being interior designers and having had a bit more experience of these kind of things they, they would have realized why it would have cost that much more but i, I don't know how you can manage those sort of expectations for people because it's almost like you've got to be a, a, a counter maker or a joiner to understand why. But it's so much thinner. Surely it's easier. Well, no, it's not. Mm. It's much more complicated to get it that thin and strong uh, and in a good enough finish to uh, to be able to spray. It's it's. Uh so anyway i've 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 explained it and and i've left it with them and uh, we'll we'll see what happens but
1: yeah and one of the frustrating things as well is that if you're a legitimate established reputable business your you know your reputation's on the line with this sort of stuff you can't just knock it out and you know make it out of thin ply materials and stuff where you know It might look good for a couple of weeks, but then joints are going to start opening up, Mm. and it's going to start bending, and it's not—it's just you know what the best solution is for that job because you've got the experience. But there will be kind of your fly-by-night people who will say, "Oh, I can do it for half that price," and they'll knock up some piece of rubbish, which might look good for a couple of weeks, but then after a while. All these flaws start to appear, and, yeah. and you realise that it's yeah. actually not. Well, the, the, the
0: reason I got the <clears throat> excuse me, the reason I got the table job in the first place was because they were using some other guy to do it, and he was making a, a, a like a polk workbench type top, a, a thick top, and bolting legs to it. Uh, and over time, the legs will crack because nobody picks them up and moves them around; they get dragged around. And these things are, you know, they're only joined at the top so that's the reason they asked me to do it because over time these all the, all the joints were starting to crack so I, I make it you know if you've seen the videos go and watch them maybe we'll put a link in the show notes to one of them i make them like a like a giant sort of leaf spring so the leg and the top are all made out of a single piece so the only join is actually down the seam the seam of the legs long a long thin join all domino together with lots of glue and uh and sanded it to within an inch of its life so there's no chance of any uh, any cracking going on there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so you've thought it through and and you have the experience to to know this is the best solution and it might not be the quickest way of doing it, but it's the best way of doing it. Yeah. But the people who come out out and and try and undercut you by doing the job in half the time um and and to be fair uh, I don't get a huge amount of people undercutting me, you know. It, it, it tends to be, no. um, uh, you know, people come to you because they know that you're going to do a good job, et cetera, et cetera, Exactly. But it is frustrating when when that does happen and, and people say, oh, I could do it for half the price. And it's like, yeah, that's fine if your business isn't going to exist in 6 months' time, because it won't if that's what you're charging, yeah, and therefore you don't care yeah. about any... And, and if you're working out of the back of your van,
0: there's nothing wrong with working out of the back of your van, but you're not going to be able to produce the same kind of finish and standard of work that we do with a workshop. You, yeah, exactly. You, you you don't.
1: There's workshop joinery versus on-site joinery, and there's certain stuff that you can only do in a workshop. You know, it's just it's not practical, mm. uh, to, especially in... British weather, you know, if if you live in a country where you can set up some sort of mobile setup and you can be fairly confident that you're not going to get rained on every two yeah. seconds, yeah.
0: or or where all your clients have huge double or treble garages that you can work in,
1: yeah, exactly. Then then obviously there's ways and means that you can work around that. But generally speaking, we have workshops for for a reason you know
0: absolutely yeah it would
1: yeah, be a lot cheaper for us not to have workshops but yeah, we, right. we have fully stocked workshops because we have to do it yeah to do the sort of work we Would do. Uh,
0: Have you put an offer in on that two and a half thousand square feet yet? By the
1: way, every time I drive past it, it (laughs) kills. (laughs) Oh no!
0: (laughs) I didn't realise it was on a it was on a a
1: a regular route that you do. Oh, it's next to Screwfix. It's literally next door to Screwfix, so it would be so convenient for Screwfix.
0: They can move in there and take over Screwfix. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Where it's a similar site to Screwfix's warehouse. It's like it's it's huge. All right, but yeah, it's right next door. Well, just in the same bit of the business park and. Yeah, it it's an a absolute non-starter, you know, and not unless I turned this into a much bigger beast than I wanted to be, and I, I employed staff and et cetera, et cetera.
0: Well, your YouTube's going to channel is going to be employing staff before too long, isn't it? Have somebody else doing your editing and have a
1: cameraman and you know all that sort of stuff. Oh, obviously. Well, I, I need to do that, and I need to have a bigger workshop to keep all all my YouTube stuff in. Of course, so. yes,
0: yes. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a win-win. Yeah, make an offer. There you go. I'll I'll do <laughs> it. I'll do done. it
1: today. i've been on a nice little furniture repair job this week i saw that on your instagram
0: uh and you can find andy on instagram at gosford handyman on instagram gosford handyman you can and you can find me at 10 minute workshop and you can find the podcast as well of course at measuring up podcast i think almost a 10 minute workshop (laughs) at measuring up podcast on instagram yeah um, yeah that's, so what's that story you're turning into Keith Brown Rag Bone Brown repairing furniture for people
1: it, it comes around every now and then and this was for a, a regular customer and uh, interestingly um, I'm coming up to my 200th video on YouTube uh-huh. so I was kind of trying to think it would be nice to do something nice as a the number yeah. 200 sorry I, I, I miss time this but slacker like, <laughs> 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 only 200 come on I, I, I thought I'll put this video together of the furniture repair because it's it's quite a nice one. And uh, so that's going out tomorrow. It'll already be out by the time this this podcast's live. And uh, it it's just been a really nice little... I mean, it makes no money whatsoever. And I'm doing a separate Patreon walkthrough of it where I talk about the financial side of it and okay. how little I'm making from it. But it's just nice to do these little projects just to kind of retain your sanity every now and then yeah, and, yeah.
0: Uh, and and you got it back to the workshop which is a major coup i think we might have talked about this before where we, we i've got a guy who asks me to do yeah stupid little things while i'm there and you say well you know if i could just take it away get it back to the workshop i could actually I could do a decent job on that and it's always oh no while you're there with your drill out kind of thing and what struck a chord with me is you've got a little three-legged table yeah Upside down that you're doing a but that's a dead ringer for this this table that I keep bodging for this guy that used to be his mother's or whatever it is. And I just need to get it back to the workshop for a you know, the couple of days. Just let me let me have it for a little while. I can pull it apart, re glue it, clamp it up properly. Uh but he he never wants to part with it, so
1: being able to take this sort of stuff back to the shop makes such a big difference. But it's still Tied up my workshop for the best part of two days, you know, while everything was clamped yeah, up and drying. I couldn't move. Um, and plus, because this is all antique furniture, I need to be really careful that I'm not, like, damaging stuff or dropping stuff. So my workshop, until the t- – it took a day to do the repair. Well, not an entire day, but it took a good few hours to do all the repairs, clamp everything up, leave it drying overnight, and then the next day for just doing all the finishing off stuff – so my workshop was tied up, and for the amount that I made off it, it was just. Paid. I'll send you a link to the Patreon. You'll, you'll, oh yeah, do You'll things. drop on the floor when see you see it. how much I made from it. But
0: oh, I, I, no, I'm, I'm all too familiar. I'm doing something. I've, I've done something now for, for somebody, uh, which, which paid pocket money. It really did. But it was a, a fun little interesting thing to do. Same guy actually. Same guy who's, uh, who I was doing the, um, uh, I keep bodging this table for. Um, but yeah that was just pocket money. Uh, ridiculous.
1: But you know, it's sometimes nice just to sometimes these jobs come about and I have to just ask myself okay, do I want to do it? Yeah. Yes. Can I do it in the workshop in my own time? Yep. Yes. Um can I get a video out yep. of it? Yes.
0: There you go. All the criteria, <laughs> okay. mate.
1: I'll 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 swallow my pride on my hourly rate or day rate and because At the end of the day, I know there's a limit of how much they're going to be prepared to pay for what is essentially a minor repair, but to do a decent job of it that isn't going to instantly break again, coming back down to reputation. Yes. And I don't want them coming to me in six months' time saying all these chairs have broken. Um, You could just slap a bit PVA on it and shove it back together. And I bet plenty. In fact, it was obvious that that had been done many times and
0: but you you professional you got your your epoxy out didn't you epoxy <laughs> i, I, did I it had properly. hide glue
1: out and everything <laughs> a couple of screws so that will be fine yeah. you know yeah. I, I wasn't quite at the point of boiling up pots of glue but uh but yes <laughs> i don't think i'm ever
0: going to be using it very anytime soon I've got to say. It's weird stuff it's like it's really it is very strange really yeah.
1: sticky but um but it does do the job very well and it has the advantage that you can break the joint apart it's got ga- it's it behaves a little bit like glass. You know, it's very, very strong. But if you hit it hard enough... A little bit brittle, it, yeah. It's It's very brittle. So um, for, for furniture joints and things where you might want to take the joint apart to repair it, it works quite well. I think it gets used a lot in musical instruments. and Right, should we wrap it up and go on to our... um, uh Do
0: you want to talk about podcasting? No. <laughs> 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 go on, let's squeeze it week. in. Okay, so, so um, Spotify... Spotify, the uh, streaming music music streaming company, has has bought podcasting. Uh, at least I, th- I suspect it seems to have th- think that it has. Uh, they bought a company called Gimlet Media uh, in the US for a reported two hundred and thirty million dollars, uh, and they've also bought a smaller company called Anchor Anchor FM, uh, which is which is interesting. Um, yeah, Gimlet Media was uh, came about in fact they they produce they're a, they're a podcast production company basically they they will produce podcasts for other people and they pre- produce podcasts for themselves and they they came about certainly i i came to be aware of them and i think you did as well andy uh, by a podcast called startup and startup was a really really interesting podcast and it was about it was about the startup of gimlet media um, literally going, I've been
1: meaning to talk to you about yeah. startup for, for yeah, months and months because it it's so interesting because you, the show starts off with this guy basically saying he wants to start a podcasting company and he, he needs to get money behind him VC money and stuff and you hear his first pitch and it's just awful and you just want you feel so sorry for him and he's just trying to he's never done anything like this before but he has this dream of setting up a podcast
0: company he was a national public radio guy wasn't he
1: Uh, yeah uh i've forgotten the name of the this american life was it? that's right Uh, anyway it it's so interesting because you are following from the very inception of this company starting up. So if if you're into your podcast, if you've never listened this, and you're a little bit into the geeky side of podcasts and the business side of things, but it's yeah. done in a very easy to listen kind of way. It's it's it's, it's
0: extremely listenable, very 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 well produced. Um, all all their podcasts. I've listened to a few of them. I you know that a lot of what they do isn't really for me but they're very slick very polished production much like ours of course, of course. No, but you know very obviously very very polished you know uh, obviously guys with a, a background in, in in radio and recording um startup was a startup series 1 was a great a great series uh series 2 they stopped talking about themselves and started looking at other businesses and I thought that they that's where I, I, I lost interest in it, I've got to say. I was more interested
1: in how... I think it started getting... One of the things that I found a bit frustrating about it is that the episode numbers aren't numbered. Yes. And when you just kind of... It's like I always know where I'm up to in a podcast just by glancing at the episode numbers, which will not digress into Apple where they said that we're going to ban episode numbers on podcasts, That's but sick. we'll just brush over that one. <sighs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, I found it quite tricky to work out where I was up to in it because, I, you know, sometimes it's just running and it's oh yeah I'm up to episode twenty three and then, but the the way that they've got the shows titled I thought was yeah. a bit odd, um, but yeah the the bit where they're talking about themselves and how the podcast's running and think and he records everything it's so uh, it's so. Well done,
0: yeah. Uh, including, you know, heated discussions with his wife as to whether or not he should be giving up his well-paid job to chase this fanciful dream of, of uh, which has obviously worked out well for him. Uh, I don't know how much of the equity he had in of of, uh, uh, of the company, but uh, yeah, two hundred and thirty mil is uh, not exactly small change, is it?
1: He's he's um, done well out of it, I think, and good on him. You know, because uh, you, when you hear about what they went through from from the ground up and the work that's gone into building this company up and you know these things don't happen it it's largely driven I think by uh, Alex Bloomberg um who who was the uh, the main guy behind it yep force um, of will yeah absolutely but then they've had multiple rounds of investment and as i say venture capitalists and it turned into a pretty big thing you know yes. 100 plus staff and, yeah. um this isn't an individual podcast, you know. This is a media production company. This
0: is a. It's yeah. They're a media production. They're 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 podcasters for hire. Basically, they will they'll make podcasts for you if you're a big company who decides that they want be want to be in the podcast space. Uh, as I'm sure we would as well, Andrew. If if anyone uh, wants to
1: wants a podcast, we'll make a podcast for you. Yeah, get whatever. in touch. And two hundred and thirty million seems to be the going rate. Yeah. for podcasts these days. Just give us a shout. Absolutely. Um,
0: what What's interesting is. Uh, uh yes, uh, Spotify so Spotify have bought um Gimlet Media. Uh presumably then they will be producing exclusive content for Spotify as well. Uh and the reason why Spotify would want this to happen, of course, is because you know, every time people are streaming music on Spotify, uh it costs Spotify money. Whereas if they're listening to podcasts it doesn't cost them anything. So that's the that's the benefit uh as far as Spotify concerns, is concerned. Uh, and of course, Spotify have also bought this other company called Anchor. Did you know them? Do you, have you come I've heard of them, but I don't yeah. know what they are. Anch- Anchor's, Anchor's been around for a while. They started off as a little audio blogging platform. So you could record, I don't know what it was, 30 second snippets of audio about something and other. Like-minded people would would find your audio and subscribe to it. It was all a bit sort of. Mm, I don't think it really went anywhere. And then they reinvented themselves as what they're trying to be is the the YouTube of podcasting. So it was a it was a platform where uh, uh you could go and record a podcast or have a podcast already recorded and distribute it, and they'd handle all the distribu- distribution for you uh, to all the usual suspects. But what they do is like YouTube, they insert adverts uh, into your podcasts at what you hope are (laughs) reasonable places. Uh, I don't know if you've, I've never used it. I don't know if you have any control over where the adverts come in. But like YouTube, they give you a little, a little tiny slice of the advertising income from it, depending on how popular your podcast is. And I I think that's going to be interesting with the Spotify tie-in um as to how they cuz now they've got somebody who can uh, who can uh, a bespoke media company that will, will make podcasts for you and they've got a platform where they can as well as Spotify they've got a platform where they can push and advertise those podcasts as well so it'll be if if they start to get a lock on those we could get to the situation where you have to be on Spotify or Anchor in order to get your podcasts listened to i thought the quote from spotify when they first announced this was was just priceless it was what was it they, they wanted to democratize podcasting well podcasting is actually pretty democratic already you know two yeah. people can get together or not even together over the magic of the internet with their phones and record a podcast and do whatever they need to do and put it out there that's pretty democratic. Maybe you'll get listeners if you do that, and maybe you don't. But that's that's democracy in action. We don't need somebody to come in waving what they, they say. They're they are putting half a billion, $500 million into the podcasting space, Spotify. Um, so, you know, you don't actually need somebody waving that kind of money around to make anything democratic.
1: Yeah, the whole uh, beauty yeah. of podcasts is that anyone can do it very cheaply Absolutely. As, as, it, as we've
0: discovered it. as
1: we know because <laughs> and the big thing is because podcasts don't need the crazy amount of bandwidth that video needs and that's why you don't need a big platform like youtube to distribute your content because uh podcasts use a fraction of the amount of internet bandwidth that, that video uses so it's a much much easier format to to get out there Without having crazily high running costs, you know, where the the reason that there's no serious competitor to YouTube is because they're the only ones who can afford to put together a global infrastructure for distributing the quantity of data that you're talking about with I with YouTube. I just
0: cannot begin to imagine how much server space YouTube uses.
1: It's, uh, it's crazy. And they put it out for free. You know, it's, yeah, you, it's you can, I can use YouTube if I wanted as a completely free video hosting platform for, as far as I'm aware, for an, an unlimited quantity of video. Do you realize how much that would cost if I wanted to hire server space and data center space and pay for bandwidth? to host video myself. If I pre-YouTube... It would, it would be a fascinating exercise. Oh, it would, it would be staggering. I could work out the numbers because I, just, that is just, what just, I used to do for yeah, my job. Just to see what Amazon, <laughs> Am-
0: no, right, Amazon Web Services would, would... to see what they would charge for, for that, yeah.
1: Relatively easy to calculate, you know, and, and the the numbers are out there. And um, to, to, to host a single video... And you would be paying for every time someone watched that video because you would be getting the bandwidth charges coming back to you. So yeah. for a, a single popular video, you would be looking at thousands in hosting fees. Yeah. If, if, you, if you managed to get a viral, if you were lucky enough or unlucky enough to get a viral video, you would be...
0: Well, Martin Zero's two and a half million views in two weeks, you know.
1: Oh, maybe work can it you, out based on that. That would, cost. Oh, that would be an interesting <laughs> oh. one. It's a bit off topic for my channel, but it, it, it I could potentially do that because I can dig into some of my old data centre costs and all that sort of thing uh, from back in the day. And, you know, if you want to hire some service space in a data centre and pay for the bandwidth yourself, what would the costs be? It would be it would be, be staggering. Well, oh,
0: that would be interesting, actually. I think, I think that, would, that, as you say, a little bit inside baseball. A little yeah. bit, uh, there's the, there's the show title, Inside Baseball. Um uh, but it would be interesting for anybody who's interested in YouTube and who's interested in doing YouTube to work out what it would actually cost.
1: Whenever I put anything out on my channel that's in the slightest way off-topic, it just bombs. It just it does terrible. Every time I do videos that aren't related to woodwork, and um joinery and in, in general it just gets no views so I you never know this might be the lucky one
0: <laughs> you never know you're only one video away from a viral hit
1: well that would be ironic if that video went viral i, <laughs> worked, I wouldn't i wouldn't hold my breath but yeah if if you've ever if if you've noticed about the gimlet media story and if you look at um alex with envy at the amount that he's potentially, and we don't know exactly how much he's personally made from this deal Now,
0: if, he, if he's gone through many rounds of finance, every round of finance will have will have taken a slice of the equity of the company but i, I imagine he has some left so even if he only has five percent left, he's still pocketed twelve million
1: yeah more or less. It, he'll have done it, it'll have made the whole venture worthwhile and if if you are looking at that enviously. Listen to that podcast and hear mm. what he went through from the ground up to build Absolutely. it to that point. A
0: whole, a whole lot of work and a whole lot of heartache to get to where, where they are now.
1: Big style. Yeah. We shall include a link in the show notes as per usual. A little update on show notes as well. We obviously we always do have Patreon shout-outs, um, but we've run out of the it's been causing a bit of a problem with the show notes in that the show notes haven't been synchronizing properly because we've had so many Patreon people listed in the show notes. So what we've done is they are all now on a page on the website and we've just put a link in the show notes to that page on the website. That's why we've done that because basically the show notes are, um, not synchronizing properly because they were getting too big. So we've had to just rein them in a bit and that's, uh, and, sensible way of doing it yeah but just in case patreon folk are wondering why you are now on the hall of fame on our website which is a much yes. easier way of managing much things nicer anyway. place to be rather much nicer than place grubbing
0: down in the show notes with everybody else exactly
1: yeah. exactly and another little bit of uh, admin to tell you about is that we ha- you can get a measuring up podcast t-shirt now Whoa! And we shall include a link in the description. We've got a little Teespring store up and running. And at the minute, there's just one with our logo on, like a round version, I think, of our logo. But we will, from time to time, put limited edition stuff on there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But if you pop on to, I think it's teespring.com slash podcast. but we'll include a link in in the show notes. And you can get your own show t-shirt from wherever you are in the world we'll have to come up with some witty slogans won't we we will I like measuring up in the bedroom anyway so watch this space or listen this space what else did we have to mention I can't Mm -hmm. remember Mm
0: -hmm. let's do a bit of nostalgia um Came up in conversation with somebody. Are we doing for time? I know we're running. We're
1: long. F- f- only forty minutes over. Go on. <laughs> okay. Um,
0: uh, I came up in conversation with somebody the other day, and I mentioned this, and they looked at me like I was insane because they were a young person. Do you remember getting fizzy drinks delivered to your door? Are you old enough to have that? Um, no. The the two the two big companies round our way up in Liverpool anyway were were Corona. And Alpine, okay, and Corona was a fizzy drink. I mean, you look, uh, and it does sound crazy now, but you know, this is late sixties, early seventies, and apparently, I, I did a quick little bit of googling around. It carried on until the mid to late seventies, but the, by that time, it fizzled out. If you excuse the pun, but we, we, you know, fizzy drinks. I I, I can't remember if Coca Cola was was available in Britain then, but there were you could get fizzy fizzy pop bottles of pop delivered to your door like like milk uh it was a weekly delivery and it was only ever a summer thing for us so we'd be able to choose a flavor and these were really sort of iridescent like the, the Cherryade was fluorescent pink and it's like you know you'd get bright red lips after drinking it uh, and the, did it not get really kind of shook up on the horse and cart uh, pretty much, yeah, it did uh, it was was actually a flatbed truck. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was you know you say that now. You used to have fizzy drinks delivered. And people look at you like you're insane, but it was genuinely a thing. And I chatted to my dad briefly about this, and he he said that uh, I can't remember who it was who it was a family member or a friend of a family member actually went into business making fizzy drinks. He'd get the syrup and he'd put carbonated water or whatever it was. Into this, and he, and he turned it into a little business. And I, it seems extraordinary now that you can't just—you know—now we can walk into a shop and buy many different flavors of Coca-Cola. That these—these were—this was a thing that was delivered, that would need to be delivered. Um, very,
1: very odd. That's funny. I remember when you—I remember when you used to get the deposit on bottles. And, oh yeah, they were like all—they yeah, you get money on the bottle back. Yeah, money yeah. Back I home. remember that, um, but I don't think I remember getting them delivered. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's funny. But it, it, I think I was reading. I don't know if it was in one of Richard Branson's autobiographies, but it was about when he set up Virgin Cola. Oh yeah, back in the day. Do you remember Virgin Cola? Oh yeah, Cola? yeah. yeah.
0: Not, not for long, but yeah. And he
1: was he was just basically saying, you know, at the time it was a license to print money because it was. It's one of the highest profit margin yeah. industries on the planet. Oh, but sugar it, water. He just he couldn't compete with Pepsi and Coke, no. and it just that went by the way wayside. I think, uh, but yeah, it it is basically just water with flavouring, and yeah. and and you could charge at the time making quite a lot of money for the company. I think, but I think uh, they they were trying to grow it into a bigger thing, and it didn't yeah. work if out.
0: If only he'd ha- he'd had an airline or a, or a railway. Uh, that he could actually, you know, serve it on. That that would have made all the difference, I think.
1: Yeah, I guess. Just ship it around in his own planes. Interesting autobiography, that, if you ever get the chance. I haven't read it, it. no. Uh, Losing My Virginity. Or is it Finding My Virginity? Hold on. Which is the first one? The first one is... Losing My Virginity's the first one he did. And then I think Finding My Virginity's the latest one he did, which I haven't read yet. But... uh, it's a, a very fascinating read about his battles with British Airways and when when Virgin Atlantic was getting set up and everything. And, oh, it's so interesting.
0: Yes. Oh, no, okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, well, I'll add that to my reading
1: list for my Kindle. Very interesting autobiography. But it, it tends to... Uh, the the BA side of things, it tend, the whole book ends up kind of becoming about that, which mm. um, it, it is very interesting, but... Um, Obviously, <laughs> I think uh, he wasn't the happiest of, of people at the end of that story.
0: Uh, no, 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 perhaps not.
1: Uh, should we do
0: some shout-outs? Uh, I'd just like to thank all of our Patreon pals, uh, and I will start with Douglas Deal, Thistle Brendan from The Shades Workshop, Tim Bowers, Nick Fajardo, Adrian Millington, Chris Davidson, Paul Gardner, Eddie Carroll... James Hewitt, Carl Pountney from the Strawbite Workshop, Steve Avery, Peter Tone, Owen Bullock, Tony Connell, Adam Padley, Chris Mark Duthie, Max Weitz, Mark Duff and Ben Harker.
1: And a massive thank you to Harry Capper, John T. Lynch, Duncan, Chris Stokesmore, Ben Campbell at the Colonel Collective, Jason Williams, Wilson Chan, Kevin Steer, Dominic Kujinson, Andy Farmer, Randall Davis... David Chisnell, Kevin Miller, Piece of Timber, Andrew Marnell, James's Man Cave, Graham Bailey, Mike Broom, Rakesh Patel, Paul Cunningham and James Ian Wilson.
0: If you want to contact us, one of the best ways to do that is by email, contact at measuringuppodcast.com uh, or you can post a feedback to us at measuringuppc on Twitter or at measuringuppodcast on instagram
1: and you can get in touch with us and where can we find your channel peter
0: uh i am uh, 10 minute workshop on the youtubes 10 uh, minute workshop tv we'll take you straight there and i'm 10 minute work at 10 minute workshop on all the social things apart from twitter where i'm uh, at 10 minute shop
1: and you can find me godfifth handyman on youtube uh Godfrey's handyman on instagram and godfifth andy on twitter so please do get in touch we love reading all of your comments music is silver by riot thank you once again for listening to the show thanks for all your awesome five-star reviews on itunes keep them coming the more we get on there the more the show gets out there share the show around with your friends and tell everyone about it get yourself onto facebook and twitter and everyone and spread the word It will be fantastic and of course we've now got an rss feed for the podcast as well which if you follow us on patreon and you listen to the after show you can now or you should be able to listen it in your podcast player of choice you should have been sent an rss secret rss link um that you can put into your podcast player don't ask us how that works because we have literally no idea it's just a box that we tick on patreon and it does it so if it doesn't work we're
0: we're just happy that it does it
1: yeah if it doesn't work we are none the wiser you'll need to do some digging on patreon or, or whatever but i have literally no idea if, if it doesn't work on your particular podcast player uh I, I, just listen to the show via patreon yeah.
0: but as far as we're aware it, it works on the usual suspects so uh, uh yeah uh, it has been something that people have been asking for because the patreon show is an exclusive we weren't quite sure how to keep that exclusive uh and uh, available uh, but now we do so yeah
1: yeah turns out you just tick a box and patreon does it all for you fantastic um normally if it does help people with the rss thing normally if you get stuck you just copy and paste you, you copy that link and go into your podcast player and just go to like open rss feed and you paste it in and normally that'll do the trick but if it doesn't work beyond that I don't know. You'd need to do some digging on your podcast player. Thank you once again. We shall see you in two weeks' time, and we'll catch everyone on the after show. We will indeed. Take care.